It's quarter number two on the Keystone Kickoff Show. Brought to you by the Keystone Sports Network. Get the best Penn State sports news and analysis at KeystoneSportsNetwork.com or download the Keystone Sports app from your smartphone. And welcome back to the Keystone Kickoff Show. It is quarter number two. I'm Jim Galante along with T. Frank Carr. T. Frank, I bring this up a lot that I get asked about what I talk about with you guys between segments or when we're off the air. Between segments, you and I just had a long conversation about blocking schemes, and I just want to say it up front. I learned a lot between segments, and uh, next week we're going to share it with our listeners, so be prepared for that for next week. Yeah, we basically did a full show in between segments, so might as well do it again next week. I'm upset with myself that I didn't hit the record button, T. Frank, because we would have had next week, next week's show already done. You'd have had to uh, highly it, edit it, that. <laughs> there would have to be a lot of cutting on your part to get out all of my profanity. So, exactly, which which I think our listeners could relate to when talking about sometimes Penn State's offensive line miss blocks, and the running game in general. So next week we'll do the G-rated version of that conversation. For right now, though, quarter number one, we talked about the offense and what we were looking for in the spring. Let's switch to the defense, and instead of me saying, hey, how about this position or that one, I'm just going to make it wide open for you, T. Frank. What are you looking at? on the defense where there's going to be so much changeover. Yeah, uh, and we've talked a lot about this when it comes to Manny Diaz and what the defense is going to look like and and what changes are there going to be. And I've been a little hesitant to give any firm answers because I don't know what role James Franklin, Penn State, and, and honestly, and to be fair, the recruiting at Penn State is versus what it was at Miami in terms of overall depth of talent. So was Manny Diaz running three safeties essentially because he wanted to, because he had a five star six foot five, 225 pound safety that he was playing as a true freshman and a couple other very talented young players. Or was that a need because they didn't get a Sam linebacker, like they didn't have enough linebackers. So I, I think it's pretty clear though, at this point with Jonathan Sutherland moving to that Sam linebacker position in name, as well as in function, that that's going to be something where they're running essentially three safeties this year. And Penn State's bringing in a class of three uh, young players. They're also bringing in a Juco transfer in Tyrese Mills. None of those guys are going to be here for the spring. So we're not going to see that in full light. But that is something I'm going to be looking for, that Sam linebacker position and and how that evolves under Manny Diaz to be more of a coverage player than it has been in the past. And I went back and I kind of looked at at some of that stuff, and it really has not been a sub-package defense. Penn State has played three linebackers for about the last five or six years. So that's something I'm looking for. And then it's the defensive tackle position. Um, I'm not t- I'm not looking for P.J. Mustafer. I'm looking at everything else. Who are the players? What's their order of uh, what position are they playing and what order are they playing in and what's the competition in there? Because I think there's going to be a lot of competition at that defensive tackle position from the young guys that played last year and some of the young guys that are coming up now. Let's let's talk about the defensive tackle position a bit. Yeah, I'm with you. I don't think we'll see any of P.J. Mustafer, which is fine. 
that's not what the spring is about, having the veteran there, especially one that's coming off an injury, which leads to two obvious questions. Who is that guy who's going to be the second tackle mm-hmm. starting? And I think you have to think about, okay, who could be the guy behind P.J. Mustafer when he's not in the game? Yeah. Give me some hints. What do you think? Uh, so you have to start with Devon Ellis and um, Kaziah Izzard. So that is where I would start with the defensive tackle position. They were the guys that started at the end of the season. Uh, and, you know, with all due respect to Derek Tangelo, like they were the starters of the future. Tangelo was obviously an important player in that position, playing that two-eye role and, and doing his best being a guy that was physically set up to be a three technique. But those two guys, I'd say Devon Ellis would be more of that nose tackle role at uh, a squatty 6-1-3-0-3, very thick-bodied guy. Uh, what, is, uh, what does he look like this year? Um, and then Izzard, I thought, needed to add 10 pounds of strength. You know, roughly. Not that he needs to be 315, but I thought that he could get stronger, and that was what he really needed, that and just some seasoning. So those are the two guys to start. But the guys that I think are going to push them, and I don't know where Jordan Vandenberg is going to line up because I think he has nose tackle capabilities because he is he, he punches above his weight. He is violently strong. He's explosive. Um, he's 292 pounds. Uh, he was one of the strongest players at max testing day. He told me, um, he, he lifted 585 for five and I hope I'm quoting him right at that because it's very loud in there. And then there's a lot of, like, I was overstimulated. My ADHD was going off, but I think he, I'm, I believe he said 585 for five. So he's a very strong player. And then Fatorma Mulba, I think is a clear nose tackle candidate. He flashed a little bit in the bowl game when he had a chance to play. What is his overall game? I'm very interested in Mulba because I think he can be a really good power player, even if he's just cresting that 300-pound range, an explosively strong guy. So those are the four defensive tackles I'm looking at, and can those two that I mentioned in the second part push the other guys to be starters? And then the wild card here is Zane Durant, 6'1", 260. These are the numbers I'm going to be looking at when it comes to uh, the spring-updated roster next Monday, if that comes out, you know, so we can look at it as who took a step forward physically in the weight room. Uh, I'm going to be looking at the safety position to see if that is in any indication of who's moving where in the, uh, in the field and boundary. And then when it comes to these defensive tackles, is Zane Durant closer to 270, 275, you know, is he a factor here? Because the three technique position, you got a couple guys that I think are, are talented and could push to be in the rotation. That nose tackle position, I think you've got a good blend of, of young guys, P.J. Mustafer, some talent, but there is a big question there to me. And you mentioned Vandenberg and Mulba. I think they were two guys who were highlighted yeah. from winter workouts. Yes. Their strength. So, And uh, uh, by the way, uh, I forgot Hakeem Beeman. <laughs> like, I, he just, he's been such a non-factor because he didn't play last year. That I keep forgetting him. He's another three technique possibility there. So they're deep at three. But is he a defensive end? Because that's another thing I'm going to be looking for is like, did Smith Vilbert take a step forward? Uh, I know that he was, he was, got three sacks in the bowl game. That's very good. I still need to see more from that. And then Adisa Isaac, obviously, you need to see what, what does he look like physically? What does he look like in the whole package? Because he's the guy on the defensive end position that's going to be the pass rusher. I, I feel like I know. 
about Zariah Fisher and uh, Nick Tarburton, they would have to surprise me with something this spring. Let's go to the next level. Let's take a look at those linebackers yep. where three of the top four linebackers are gone. Mm-hmm. Curtis Jacobs is the returning guy. What do you make of the rest of the players? Well, Curtis Jacobs is going to be another one that I'm interested in when it comes to where he weighs in. Does he try to play a little heavier? Because I'm projecting him going to the will position in Manny Diaz's different defense where you're playing more of a safety player at that Sam position. So he's moving over to the will. You've got uh, a couple of guys at the Mike linebacker position. So you don't need to be. 340 to play the will uh you know you can be through two you can be 230 like he is um because um Ellis Brooks played Mike linebacker at 230 so there's there's it's it's not it's more about your your play through contact and how physical you are as opposed to just pure mass and strength like there's a lot of different factors that go into that uh but then it becomes the the two guys at the Mike linebacker position is there is there does Kobe King take this big step forward uh, because he's the guy that I think, as far as talent-wise, has the has the broadest outcome of possibilities. Tyler Elsden, another guy I'm going to be looking... He took a step forward in spring ball last year. I was pretty impressed with his run recognition, and he looked really assertive and confident. And then it became when he turn, turned and would turn and run in coverage that I still saw the same things I saw in high school of a little tight, maybe not a good space player, has he worked on that stuff? Has he become more of a mobile player, a little more explosive in space? Because that's what they they, they need linebackers that can cover. You know, in, in college football, you need linebackers that can cover. So those two are the obvious guys in the middle. And then this is another place where a transfer is going to determine a lot of this depth chart, roster, position, stuff like that. Let me ask you a general question on Manny Diaz. Mm-hmm. We did a segment with someone who did statistical analysis and trying to evaluate... What's the difference between a Manny Diaz defense and a Brent Pry defense? And the one thing that stuck out was how many disruptive plays Manny Diaz's defense create. Tackles for loss, right. sacks, quarterback hits. Do you expect to see something? And what, what would change to create that? More blitzing, different kind of blitzing? Yeah. How would that be? What does that look like? Uh, so the the a couple things I think... Uh, are, yes, more aggressive, but not necessarily in that it's an all-out blitz all the time. So there are certain... I I wrote this earlier this week. There's a lot of if this, then that in football. So if the running back stays into pass protect, two things can happen. I can drop into coverage and, and release that, or I can blitz and say, like, my guy is blocking, so therefore my best thing to do to help the defense is to try to put pressure on the quarterback. So that's an element of Manny Diaz. I saw it. I, it's called a green dog blitz. You're reading it and you're attacking. So if tight ends and running backs, one thing I saw last year is they blitzed a lot when those guys stayed in to block. The danger is then they can be like, just kidding. This is now a screen and you have 30 yards of room to run. That was another thing that happened a lot to Manny Diaz's de- his defense. The second thing is stunts. Stunts and and twists and things like that on the defensive line create confusion for the offensive line, but they also create gaps. If you don't hit them right, if you overshoot, you have lost gap integrity, and that is a room for the uh, quarterback to escape the pocket. So those are two things, I think, that create a lot of those negative plays uh, and then pressure on the quarterback. And, And Manny Diaz ran a little bit more 
man coverage. A little more aggressive, putting more guys in position to get their hands on the ball at the catch point. James Franklin, last year they did more of that with Brent Pry because they had a talented and, and veteran secondary. I don't know. Again, this is where, what does James Franklin want? He wants to, to eliminate big plays, get your hands on the ball. That's the order of things. So does that change how many ideas? Because every, every defensive coach is like a chef. The, you have the ingredients available and what does your customer want? And then you can create a defense based on your signature dish to make all of those things happen. So are we going to see a less aggressive Manny Diaz? I, I don't think we'll see a perceptively less aggressive. I think there's still going to be a lot of stunts, overload blitzes, things that happen on, in, in that nature. But they're not going to be, I don't think they're going to be so all out when it comes to what they do there. And then the other thing that's, I think, important here, Jim, is that last season... Manny Diaz did not have an awesome defensive line like he has had in the past. So they had to manufacture pressure. We've also seen Manny Diaz play man coverage with four pa pass rushers, and that's it. So you can, even in your own decision-making process, become more or less aggressive based on your personnel. And that's really what it is. This defense is more set up like the one he had in Miami last year, so I'd see similar things that way. That is it for quarter number two and our preview of what to look for on the defensive side of the ball. Stick around. Quarter number three, we're going to take your questions and we're going to ask T. Frank. This is Jim from Keystone Sports. You know, a lot has changed about State College, but one thing that hasn't is W.C. Clark's Coffee Roasters on Calder Way. 30 different varieties of specialty coffee beans sourced from over 25 countries and roasted with love each morning in Happy Valley for over 45 years. We'll ship our fresh roasted coffee from our doorstep to yours. That's right. You can now order online at statecollegecoffee.com. So go to statecollegecoffee.com and use discount code KSN at checkout.